another study that I want you to uh, understand. And that's the theology of sanctification. You know, we, <clears throat> the church has been uh, taught that because I've taught it many times myself. I'm sure Brother Jackson taught it when he was here. But uh, in John 17, 17, John the 17th chapter and the 17th verse, God said, Sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. So it's important that we know that what sanctified or sanctification is, uh, it is setting apart for the service of God. And there's a twofold sanctification. Uh, I've been going through the process of sanctification for uh, over 50 years. But when God saved me that very moment on US 25, my spirit was sanctified. That's uh, why I could never be and won't be lost. But there's a sanctification of the body. You know, the definition of sanctification means to make holy, set apart, consecrated, but it's set apart for the service of God. And this is this flesh is what gives us so much trouble. The spirit has been sanctified once and for all. That means you can never be lost if you're truly saved. But we know and we don't like to think, and I don't know who they are, and I don't I don't have a list of for the last fifty three years or four years, whatever it's been. I don't make a list of, well, you know, I don't believe this member or that member. You know, they were members, but they weren't saved. I don't know that. You don't know that I'm saved. The only way that you know that I've had a relationship with Jesus Christ is how I portray this flesh every day. Some days I'm for lack of better terminology, I'm pretty proud of myself. And there's other days I'm ashamed of myself because the flesh will take over. And that's what we want to bring out tonight. Uh, there's four points we want to bring out. Uh, sanctification, first of all, is positional. Second, is practical. Third is progressive. And fourthly is perfect. Whenever one of you that is saved, if all of you are saved and God takes you home, from the time the last breath leaves your body till you get to heaven, everything about you would be sanctified. Because nothing, that is not pure will enter glory. So I, you know, I'm thankful for that. This body has caused me problems 
you know, closed uh, many, many years. But when I get the glory, uh, you know, my health problems are over, my mental misunderstanding is over because my spirit will then be united and I will be completely sanctified. But we want to look at uh, positional sanctification and we want to look at practical sanctification and then progressive. And probably the last one is the one that we need to be concerned about. You know, I could ask question, you know, I could pick out any of you, and I want you to be totally honest with me, you know. Are you more sanctified now than you was a year ago? Five years ago, ten years ago. The older I get, the more control I ought to have over my body. You know, we get uh, concerned about the young people, but we used to have a, he never was a member, his family was, but he always asked me, Pastor, what's wrong with these young people? I'd give him the same answer every time, us old people. Because we want our kids to be perfect, but I have not met a perfect parent. I know I'm not. So, positional sanctification. Let's look at First Thessalonians chapter 5 as we look at this in the Word of God and we let the Lord speak to us. First Thessalonians chapter 5 and verse 9. For God have not appointed, God have not appointed us to wrath, but to obtain salvation by our Lord Jesus Christ. Isn't that wonderful? Who died for us that whether we wake or sleep, we should live together with him. Wherefore, comfort yourselves together and edify one another even as also we do. We ought to be a comfort to one another because we grow different at different speeds. Sanctified from the law now, this is really a big one because we got a tendency to uh, want to brag on what we don't do anymore. You know, so the law, you know, when we said, you know, I don't do this and I used to do this and, you know, but we all, whether we tell everybody, we think ourselves, you know, I'm a better person today because I quit this, or I quit that. You are. But it got nothing to do with your salvation. 
It should be the evidence that you've been saved or set apart. See, sanctification is when God saves you and sets you apart. You will know how evil your flesh is when you grow spiritually. The more spiritual I get, the less I like my body. And I like my mind even less. Now, what we need to understand as we grow that uh, in Galatians chapter 3 and verse 13, Galatians 3 and verse 13, Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law being made a curse for us, for it is written, Curse is every one that hangeth on a tree. God, in the form of his Son, took my sins and openly portrayed them on the cross. Because he died for my sins. And when he said, Father, I give up the ghost, I had a straight path to being perfect. But not in my flesh, in him. Sanctification from condemnation. It bothers me when I know I did something I shouldn't have done. It bothers me when I think something I shouldn't have thought. But that will not condemn me. But if you're a child of God or claim to be a child of God and it doesn't bother you when you know you're not living the best life you could live, you ought to be concerned. What God asked from us is what he gave us. He gave his best to save me. I should give him my best. But he understands because God created us. Our flesh is our enemy. And our flesh can justify everything we do, everything we think, and we can convince ourselves, I know I'm not perfect, Lord, but have you seen? And we'll think about somebody. But I'm so thankful that I'm, I don't have to pay for anybody else's sin. <laughs> you know, all of those people that I think, man, I wish you was a lot more like me. You know, I've got it together. And for me to even think that tells you I don't have it together. Because we're all sinners. Some of us are a little deeper in sin whether it be fleshly or spiritual or whatever it is. But see, praise God that uh, I am, and if you're saved, that you are. See, we're we're talking about a positional sanctification. That is the position that we have because Jesus Christ saved us. And one of my favorite verses is found in Romans uh, chapter 8. 
at verse 1 when he said, I love this verse. There is therefore now no condemnation to Tony. And I think when you read that, you put your name there. Romans 8, 1. There is therefore now no condemnation to them. Well, I'm part of the them. Which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. See, what we have done, as you see on TV, you see on the music, you see everywhere, we are entertainment oriented. It's got to entertain us. We want to sit back in the in our pews or our chairs or our bed at home and we want to be entertained. Because after all, we worked all day, right? But I believe what you really are is how you start your day and how you end your day. That's, and I'll tell you, that's my personal opinion. But I know I feel better when I start my day with Christ and I end my day with Christ. I got a good start for the next morning. All a part of sanctification. And, and what that is, that is positional. I'm positional sanctified. Sanctified to obtain salvation because the only way that you can be saved is for you to be sanctified positionally. I know that this body will never be sanctified, so that's my enemy. My enemy is not church members that don't understand me or family that don't understand me. My enemy is me. When I look in the mirror, I see my number one problem. Now, when I get me under control, life goes a lot better. Because I can't help what somebody thinks. I can't help what somebody says. But I can help whether I let that control me. You know, I'll just ask you a question. Has anything or anybody ever said something to you and it took you a week to get over it? You know what you've done? You gave the devil seven days of your life. Now, uh, I'm not what I ought to be, but I've done past that stage. Sanctification from the law. Once for all, sanctification. I don't have to worry about keeping the law perfectly because Jesus did. I try to do what's right, you know. It doesn't mean that I, you know, I could name a lot of things that we all do, but I don't have to worry about doing something that's going to cause me to lose my salvation. No, Galatians 3.13 takes care of that. And uh, sanctified from condemnation, as we just read, uh, 
in Romans 8, 1, takes care of that. But sanctified to obtain salvation. Now, this is, this is where me and the religious world falls apart. I mean, you know, I, I, don't, I don't argue with them anymore. I, don't, uh, I just stand for what I believe. And uh, I, I took that uh, little illustration that I have gave you many, many times ago, you know. If, if there's a doctrine in this Bible, and there's many doctrines, but uh, I'll just pick out one, justification. If Henrietta and I disagree what justification is, we both can be wrong, but we both can be right. Now, that very teaching has helped me grow. Because what we want to do, well, you know, you know, I listen to some of those guys on television when I'm real bored or uh, driving a long distance. I'll put on one of them on my phone. And I mean, but they're entertainment, you know, but you can't get fed. But you know, I would. There was a time I would have said, "Man, I like to, I like to debate that fellow," you know, and because they take scripture and they just make it say whatever they want to, and they're so convinced that they're right, and they're so convinced that you were moved that at the end of it, they want you to send them some gifts, you know, some money but God said in 1st Thessalonians chapter 5 I know we're losing it uses a lot of scripture if you can't write them down just write them down and look them up later but 1st Thessalonians chapter 5 and verse 9 says for God have not appointed us to wrath but to obtain salvation by our Lord Jesus Christ. That means that everybody that God would like for them to be saved. And I can get doctrinal on you and know that God has his elect. And only his elect are going to be saved. But I don't know who those elect are. So as far as I'm concerned, if, if I'm preaching to 500 students on a, on a campus somewhere, I don't know whether God elected all 500 of them to be saved or not. So I'm going to preach the same gospel as if they were. But we know that not everybody is going to believe. And if you're not a true believer, try as hard as you may, you will never be totally sanctified. Never. Because you can't sanctify yourself because you're, every time I look in the mirror, I see my enemy. You know. I go to the doctor and he said, are you still keeping your sugar under control? Are you still keeping your starch under control? 
you know, and I, I, I just look at him, you know, because I don't want to lie to him. But if I say yes and I wasn't, it would be a lie. You said, oh, no, that's just human. Humans lie. Humans are depraved. Positional sanctification is an act of the will and the grace of God. Positional sanctification. Now, remember, sanctification is set apart for the servants of God. I don't know how old I was, probably in my uh, middle of 30s. I know y'all won't believe this, but I used to go pay to watch fake wrestling, you know. <laughs> those, those guys were just acting, you know. And so I took my 12-year-old son and my 12 or 13-year-old nephew up to, you know, I'm going to treat him, go up to, Rump Arena. Well, you know, we sat there getting all excited about wrestling. The guy came in. He went down and got him a beer, and he, he got excited when Dick the Bruiser did something. And <laughs> so here I had to bring my son and my nephew home with beer all over. Now you say, well, that's just human. That source is human. But do you think God was pleased with that? I'll tell you right straight he wasn't. But that's the flesh. And the flesh is your enemy. That's why the God says, sanctify yourself. Set yourself apart from that which you know. So I don't know what's wrong on everything. But I know some things. Those things that I know, I should not participate in. So as you grow in grace and knowledge, that's what happens. See? So that's positional. That's positional sanctification. The next point is practical sanctification. Practical sanctification is from the world. Now, let's look at Psalms. In the book of Psalms, 119 and verse 11. God said this. He said, Thy word have I hid in mine heart that I may not sin against thee. I stress reading the Bible every day. I don't care if you read five verses, eight verses, a chapter, two chapters. And you may say, I didn't get anything out of it, but you did. I read the book of Proverbs and the first 31 chapters of Psalms every month. Because the Proverbs is filled with so much, I could read it till I was 100 years old, and I still would get every gem in that. But whatever it is, 
the practical sanctification, the more of the word of God you have in you, the less you want the world. And if you don't want something, see, I heard the, the young people talking about Mexican food. Man, keep it down there. Everything. Don't want no Mexican food. I'm all human. <laughs> I'm English. Don't want no Mexican. But see, we're all different. And because we're all different, we'll sanctify at a different rate. Some sanctify, you know, it's just like you start playing ball as a young person. Some people say, man, they just catch on to it, how to dribble and spin and all that stuff. But God wants us to be practical sanctification. He doesn't want us to go out of the world. He wants us to sanctify ourselves and stay in the world. That's what God wants us to do. So he said, Thy word have I hid in mine heart that I might not sin against thee. That's a great verse for young people. That's a great verse for any of us. But if I've got my mind full of the word of God, I don't have no room for all this foolishness, see. I'm not a television person, but during summer, they have some of the most stupid shows on to feel, to take the place of what was bad in the winter. So, you know, I'm not going to watch them. I don't mean that you may not watch them. It may not affect you that way. But I don't see how I can get closer to God participating in stupidness. But that's just my personal opinion. You don't have to mark that out. But God said in 1 John, 1st Epistle of John, notice now, 1st John He tells us here, 1 John 2.15. He said, Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. Now, what he's talking about, he's talking about the world system. And if you study it, you'll find out. He's not telling me not to love the Smoky Mountains or the rivers. Or, you know, those are his beauty. That's his handiwork. But the world system is not based upon love. It's not based on equality. It's, I don't know what it's based on other than just some evil leader's personal belief. 
But God wants us when we look out even lightning. I, I don't like lightning. I don't even like rain. I'm so bad I don't even like rain when we need rain. But I realized that if there wasn't rain, we wouldn't be on this earth long. So God gives us all a different degree of what we like and what we love and what we need. But he tells us here in 1 John chapter 2 and verse 15, love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. It is the love for the world that keeps us from reading and studying and attending and participating. And we all like things, different things that we... But we don't love. See, because I love my wife, she was first. You love your wife or husband, they become first. When I say first, over you. So if I love Dora more than I love me and she loves me more than she loves Dora, then you got a winning situation. I love the world. I love the mountains. But I don't love the mountains as much as the one who said, let there be, and there was. So it's a practical sanctification, a special service. <laughs> I mean, you know, sanctification is a much deeper subject than we'll go through tonight. But when, when we see Romans chapter 1, in verse 1, it said, Paul, a servant of Jesus Christ, called to be an apostle, notice, separated unto the gospel of God. I can speak to myself, I can speak to John. If he believes God has called him to preach, there's some, there are going to come some times when that's got to come before what else he wants to do. not only preachers, you know. If I was as unfaithful as a lot of members I've had over the years, and I would hate to think what God is going to deal with me when I stand before him. And the judgment, if you understand it, if you had a mother like me and Judy did, Everybody, all the rest of the family thought I was her favorite, you know, because I had a heart problem. He gets a bye with everything, you know. Well, I did because I was better than the rest of them, you know. <laughs> but, but the fact, 
the fact was that, you know, that uh, we, if we're not able to do things, the only reason I didn't do a lot of things, I wasn't able to do those things. But I still sinned because I wanted to. Put that down. The only reason that a lot of people don't do things, they don't have the ability to do it. God is a wonderful God that looks over our stupidness. And, and you know, I, 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 was, I was preaching down in Georgia, I don't know, eight or nine years ago, and there was a guy from Arkansas, bless his heart. That's all he would say is bless your heart. He, he told me after service, he, he was at least nice enough to wait till service over. He said, you kid way too much in the pulpit. I said, well, at least I keep my congregation awake. I notice you have a few sleeping. <laughs> and then I apologized to him. But, 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 I mean, why can't a Christian have fun? Is it wrong with a Christian laughing? Enjoying itself? The average congregation doesn't know why we do that. But God said in Philippians chapter 2, verse 12, Philippians 2, 12, he said, we'll give you time to find that. He said, Wherefore, my beloved, as ye have always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but now much more in my absence work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. See, there's three of us here tonight that live by ourselves, you know, not counting the kids. And that's Dean and Henrietta and myself. Y'all don't have no idea what I do in that house. But God does. Now the reason I say that, we got a lot of professing people who profess, I don't know how many possesses, but they're more concerned about what people think than they are about what God thinks. I've got the same restrictions on me now that I live alone as I did when I lived with my wife. Sin doesn't cease to be sin because you're living by yourself or you're single or you're with her. Sin is sin. And our last little is a progressive sanctification. Progressive sanctification is, I have to wrap it up in one statement, I ought to be closer to God today than I was yesterday. You had a child, and it was 
two feet tall and weighed 50 pounds or 30 pounds, makes no difference what they weighed, but, but two or three years later, they're still the same height, same weight. We'd be concerned, wouldn't we? But there are Christians that the only thing they know is that they believe Jesus died for them. So that's all it takes to be saved. Then why didn't God do you or whoever I'm talking about like he did the thief on the cross? But even on the cross, the thief glorified God. He looked at the other and he said, we deserve it. I'm, I'm paraphrasing it. But he knew that he deserved hell, but that God has saved him. You don't deserve heaven because of what you don't do. See, it's a progressive. In other words, you expect that child to take more responsibility the older he becomes. Don't you? I mean... I expect more out of a teenager than I do a, a three-year-old. So we grow progressively. So if I've been saved for 50-some years, I ought to know a little bit more about this book than somebody that's been saved a few months. Even though we both, if we're saved, we're eternally saved, both of us. But we grow, and when we grow in grace, now why that is so important, a child gets upset. You take the toy away from him. You don't let him have the chimney. You don't let him have the cookies. I mean, they think the world is coming to an end. That's a child. But we grow through grace and knowledge. That's why God allows things. God will put you on your back sometimes so that when you can get up and walk, you thank God for it. I've had two open heart surgeries, and I can name both of my doctors. I think they're good. Probably I think they're the best. They could have done their very best but if God didn't heal me, there would be no healing. Our responsibility is to know all we can know about Jesus Christ. All we can know why the Father sent his Son to die in my place. That's why that we appreciate our mothers much more after we're grown than we do because we realize what they went through, what the, the hours that the father worked or whatever. Progressively, we are to be growing. We are to becoming more like Christ. Notice 1 Corinthians chapter 3. And verse 
18. 1 Corinthians chapter 3 and verse 18 on progressive sanctification. We, we look here in the third verse and the uh, 18th, I mean the third chapter and the 18th verse. I'll get it right here in a minute. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 18 let no man deceive himself. If any man among you seem to be wise in the world, let him become a fool that he may be wise. You know, we would think that uh, the president ought to be a wise man. You agree with me, disagree with me, say, hey, pulpit ain't the right place to say it. But, uh, you know, when you <laughs> preach, I'll honor that. But we know that most presidents are not wise people. The president is the leader and Whoever's president will stand before God with a much harsher punishment than anybody in this room. See, the more God gives you, the more you are responsible. Whether it be intelligence, money, or health. You think these young people that are running their body, filling it with dope, Liquor, sleeping with anybody and everybody. This body is the temple of God. And the reason that a Christian shouldn't do those things is because it's the temple of God. Not because mama don't want it or dad don't want it. That's, that's good too. But see, if you're saved... God has given you a new inward body, a new mind. Now you have the ability to understand things that you didn't understand a minute before God saved you. With knowledge comes responsibility. And lastly, there is a perfect sanctification. This point will only consist of one scripture verse. But when we see what God says and how God says it, let's, uh, let's look at 1 Thessalonians. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. We want to look at two verses as we close tonight. 1 Thessalonians 5, verse 23. And the very God of peace sanctify you wholly. And I pray, God, your whole spirit and soul and body be preserved blameless unto the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Trouble? 
truths we're going to point out, then we'll let you go. The very God of peace sanctify you wholly. Every part of this body when God saved me was sanctified. My eyes, I no longer can look at stuff that I shouldn't look at. My years, I can't listen to stuff I used to listen. My body can't participate in, in things that I used to participate in because only perfect, see, forget this, this body is not going to heaven. See, if you ever went to a funeral, the person that was in the coffin, that's just what they lived in. It's not them. But yet, you, I've been to a lot of funerals, some of you Close to my age, been to a lot of funerals, and you see people just fall apart and cry, and you know. And that's because they became fond of that body. They became fond of the personality. But they're going to have a perfect sanctification, see. My wife is perfect now. No cancer, no pain, no headaches. And the, you know, I sort of smiled at myself. I said, I hope I'm not too much of a disappointment to her because when she left this earth, she's seen me as I really am. Would she have married me if she'd seen me the way I really was? And I say all that just to make you think because she doesn't remember all that stuff because she's got a perfect body with a perfect mind and soul and spirit. And her reflection is not upon the kids or her husband, her reflection now is upon God. Make your little homesick for glory. But I tell God every day, I'll take the next bus, you know. But if he wants me to go right now, I'm ready to go. That's what I hope for everybody that I ever preach to. Are you ready? Our Heavenly Father.